NPR. This is the Indicator from Planet Money. I'm Darian Woods. And I'm Waylon Wong. There is a boom going on right now in the U.S. Companies are building factories at a galloping pace. And much of this is fueled by government subsidies. Taxpayer money is going into semiconductor chip fabrication in Arizona. It's paying for green hydrogen plants in California and solar panel factories in Alabama. This kind of stuff is called industrial policy. And there are a few motivations here. Defense security, climate change, and plain old trying to make America wealthier. And it's this last point that is hotly contested. And the question is, can government support for industries make the country thrive? Today, we want to settle this question once and for all with the debate. Yeah, once and for all, Waylon. Once and for all. You'll never need another episode on industrial policy again. <laughs> we have two Excellent and thoughtful guests arguing on both sides. We'll see who can change your mind. Darian takes it from here after the break. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Babson College. Discover Babson College's Master of Science and Management in Entrepreneurial Leadership Program, an intensive nine-month journey that equips recent college graduates with practical skills for today's dynamic business landscape. Tackle real-world challenges and emerge with a problem-solving mindset. Whether you choose to start your own business or innovate within a corporation, a master's from Babson will help launch your career forward. Apply today at babson.edu slash msleader. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Certified Financial Planners. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, Certified Financial Planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. Rekha Yuhas and Adam Posen, welcome. Thanks for having us. It's nice to be here. And our moot for today in this debate is this line. Government subsidizing industries makes a country richer. In other words, is industrial policy a good thing? And arguing in the affirmative, we have Rekha Yuhas. Rekha is an economist at the University of British Columbia, where she studies industrial policy. Rekha, I'm so glad you could make it to this debating chamber all the way from Canada. (laughs) Thank you for having me. And on the other side of the stage, we've got Adam Posen, president of the Peterson Institute for International Economics, a self-described nonpartisan think tank. Adam's on the negative side, arguing against Reka. Uh, Adam, I am very much looking forward to hearing your most incisive critiques. Ha, thanks so much. So first up, Reka, you're in the affirmative. Go. Look around the global economy these days, and it's not hard to make the case that government has a role to play in shaping the economy. Take the climate crisis. This is exhibit A for what economists call market failures. Because of market failures, markets alone would massively underinvest in the green energy transition that we as a society need. This underinvestment, in turn, would make us poorer in the long run as we suffer the consequences of a much warmer planet. The good news is that government can step in to make markets work better. For example, it can subsidize risky and outlandish ideas no one else is willing to fund. This is exactly what the U.S. government did when in 2013, long before COVID-19, it gave $25 million to a new firm called Moderna to develop mRNA technologies. 
Without government involvement, vaccine development during the pandemic would have been more challenging and almost certainly slower. Likewise, scratch the surface of the history of the semiconductor industry, another example of US-made advanced technology, and you find not just the rugged entrepreneurial spirit of the Silicon Valley, but a plethora of government funding that was necessary to achieve the scale needed for commercialization. While not a panacea for all of society's ills, it's high time we accept and embrace the role of the government as a partner to the market. Instead of arguing over whether the government should be involved, we should be talking about how to make government work better. Thanks so much, Rekha. Adam Posen, I saw you looking at the ceiling, thinking very hard, thinking of your rebuttal. For now, it's time to hear your opening negative argument. Thanks. I agree completely with Rekha that there are a lot of market failures out there and that private capital doesn't always go to public good. What I disagree with is the specific version that the Biden administration and previously the Trump administration were pursuing. And as you put it, should government be subsidizing individual companies and industries? And there, I think the answer is no. The reason is threefold. First, we're very concerned about concentration of corporate power. If you entrench companies in place, they tend to exploit the system. They tend to put up barriers to competition, barriers to entry. They tend to take advantage of the general public, and they tend to get a lot of political say. Over time, you end up with companies that end up acting against the public interest in very harmful ways that distort our politics and distort economic outcomes, making all of us poorer. Second, there's an international aspect to this. The U.S. has been actually withdrawing from globalization for the last 20 to 25 years. But nonetheless, China still exists, Europe still exists, Japan, South Africa, India all still exist. And in a world where the U.S. puts in huge amounts of subsidies preferring its national champions, then Europe does the same, China does the same, Japan does the same. And it's like an arms race. You end up spending lots of money to end up in the same place. And that's not only wasteful, occasionally you waste money, that's not a big deal, but it's wasteful on a very large scale, and it reinforces the bad tendencies of these companies. Thirdly, on climate change, if you have national champions entrenched through this kind of subsidy, it's going to be harder to get the green technology out to the developing world, which is in all our interests and causes the lack of growth when green problems hit. So what I'm hearing from you both is, Rekha is bringing up this idea of market failures, where people buying and selling as they see fit is not really leading to a societally beneficial outcome. And so what I'm hearing from you, Adam, is an argument around this calcification of industries, like the government building and supporting monopolies. And also you have a concern over an international zero-sum arms race that could cost a lot of money. So a lot to consider from you both. Uh, Rekha, you now have the opportunity to respond to Adam's points, and you've got one minute. Okay, I want to respond to a couple of things. One is about entrenching incumbents, which I think is a legitimate concern. I would say that there's a variety of ways to do industrial policy, and we have figured out a lot of ways in which we can innovate institutionally to try to sort of claw back these types of tendencies of industrial policy. I don't think we should think of government as sort of just passively handing out money here. Government has a variety of tools at its disposal, not just to to, to give out the goodies, but to also make sure that firms are delivering on what they promise to do. 
The other is the zero-sum game aspect of industrial policy. And again, I think the green energy transition is a good example. Of course, there are cases in which industrial policy would lead to a zero-sum game around the world. But when we're talking about the need to create new technologies, when we're talking about the need to build out new infrastructure, then a lot of what countries may be doing is actually creating markets and making the entire size of the pie bigger, which could benefit everyone. Now, Adam, what is your reply? What matters is the goals and the particular tools you need. So again, I, you can label industrial policy or not. There's a lot of tools available to government. Subsidies to specific companies, I believe, are almost always wrong. You should be doing it by regulating out of existence various forms of carbon fuel. You should be doing it by creating tax incentives. You should be doing it by creating a lack of international barriers so that you're not favoring your companies versus other nations so there's actual competition. And when we get to the green technology, I agree, there should be a huge amount of public investment. And in particular, there should be a huge amount of transfers from the rich world to the poorer world of technology and of assets. The problem is inherently what happens Happens. We saw this with Moderna and Pharma all throughout COVID, that we didn't get the vaccines out to the rest of the world. And China and Europe and US and Russia each wanted their own vaccine and then held off their own people getting alternative best vaccines. This is what I'm scared of. We should be using government power differently. Subsidies doesn't prevent that. Very good. This is it for the indicator debate on industrial policy. Very strong arguments on both sides. And we want to hear from listeners. So send us an email, indicator at npr.org. What argument was the most compelling to you? Or do you have something to add? Reka and Adam, thank you so much for joining our Indicator debate. I hope you had as much fun as I did. Thank you very much for having me. And thank you, Reka, for engaging. Thank you. Uh, I look forward to talking again. <laughs> That was Darian bringing us this debate on industrial policy. And tomorrow we will look at a specific case of industrial policy, and that is sucking carbon out of the economy. This episode was produced by Brittany Cronin with engineering by Neil Rauch. It was fact-checked by Julia Ritchie. Kate Cannon is our editor, and The Indicator is a production of NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Greenlight. Want to teach your kids financial literacy? With Greenlight, kids and teens use a debit card of their own, while parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and savings in the app. Get your first month free at greenlight.com NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash NPR.